All right. We're back. Second episode. Episode two. We're going to have to make this a quick little intro because we got a big epi here. Today's episode, it's a continuation of what we were talking about last week. You know, the whole condos, uh, condos chat. And as we spoke about, we've got a real estate expert on today, plus... Trav's sister and her fiance have also joined us for an interview as well. So it's two separate interviews. Um, there's a lot of good content between them, uh, but it, again, it's like an hour of content. So we put everything, broken it down in the show notes. So you can like, if you're a stories person, you can skip at the stories or if you want to listen to the whole thing, good fucking on you. But right now, to the exciting stuff. The exciting stuff. We got a giveaway, like we said. So we got a lot of reviews, a lot more than we were expecting. We have all the names of the people that liked and reviewed in a little generator right now. We have them queued up right now. We have them queued up. So just to, just to remind people, this giveaway was for people who liked and left liked on Facebook, left a review on iTunes. Um, we entered their name into a draw for a $100 gift card to the LCBO and then two separate $25 gift cards for the second and third place. We're going to choose them live, live right now. Let's go back to front. Like, let's go. Uh, so where do you, we just start with the 25? We'll start with the 25 card winners. So the first $25 card winner. Generate. Slim Jim 101. Okay, we have no idea who you are. So if, you, if this is like your iTunes review name, you're going to have to reach out to us on Facebook and then confirm... That that's you, and we'll uh, we'll send you your twenty five dollar gift card. So Slim Jim, send us a message on Facebook. Reach out to us. Reach out to us. Sweet name. Um, let's. Uh, so next. Let's do next here. Brad, Brad Hanley. Hanley. All right. Uh, Brad okay. Hanley, same deal. Send us a message on Facebook. You got yourself a twenty five motherfucking dollar gift card to the LCBO. And for the for the final card. The final card. I hope it's John Cena, so we could play that music. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, holy whoa. shit, whoa, Kristen. Kristen, you got yourself a $100 gift card to the LCBO. Um, I think that's that's fair. She wrote a really nice review. She said Robbie looks hot, which is hard to tell from a podcast really how hot. That had nothing to do with her being chosen as the winner. Nothing to do, just absolutely to, not. Just, this is a random name picker. All right, um, so again, reach out to us on Facebook. We'll confirm that you did both uh, the like and that you are who you are on iTunes, and we'll send you that fucking dough. Shout out to Rist and Rye for sponsoring the giveaway, as well for letting us use their office space to record in. Their computers. Their microphones. <laughs> Pretty much everything that this podcast uses. Rist and Rye has helped us out. But let's get into it. So, uh... Jam on, Trav. Jam on, Rob. Let's, Let's go! go! Somebody help these 20 It's time to figure it out, Ricky. Don't touch me. No fucking touch me. As promised, an industry expert in the real estate field, the wonderful... Kathy. That's it. That's all we'll say. We don't want to associate her with uh, the rest of or the Too Many Jams tomfoolery, so we'll leave business names and and all that stuff out for now, yeah. but um, she's one of the best. She's been a real estate agent for almost 25 years in Toronto. She, uh, she's she got lots of knowledge to share with us, so 
Um, happy to have her on the show today. And, uh, and thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thank I feel you. honored for that you guys are interviewing me. So I really appreciate. The oh, time. the honor is all ours. <laughs> um, we prepared some questions, and um, we don't know anything either. So let's preface that for the audience. Like we literally, these are questions that we are honestly asking because we don't know, and we feel like you'd have the same. We spoke with Kathy briefly beforehand. Um, kind of briefed her on the questions and she gave us some as well that maybe we didn't even think to ask. So hopefully at the end of this, you'll all have a bit more uh, full picture understanding of the rent versus buy in Toronto because the condo episode was just about purchasing a condo. Yeah, I think Kathy uh, will shed a lot of light here. So this is as social media goes i hear things about real estate all the time without even looking for it uh, people be posting articles and there's speculations all these experts and a lot of 20 year olds now are real estate agents and i'm doing like the quote fingers now as well so they're they're posting stuff and i saw uh, a few of them have been telling me that rates are going up uh, mortgage restrictions are coming in and guess what a price adjustment is coming and this this guy in the states is predicting a credit cycle in Canada and all the Toronto markets are finally going to go back down 20 or 30 percent uh, what do you think about all that well unfortunately it goes back to your basic supply and demand which you learned in economics 101 and uh, there is not enough supply in the city of Toronto and there's a huge demand still. So that's why really and truly the market was out of control um, over the last number of years because we don't have enough product and interest rates were low and that's all good, but it's not, I don't think it's a problem to have this slight correction and I say very slight correction because Vancouver had a bit of a correction and they are now over and above where they corrected from. So um, they're, they're now hitting numbers that they've never hit. And Toronto had a slight slump for a couple of months. But because, as I said, we have no supply, there is not really an issue. And I'm, I'm actually happy that this has happened only because it just is, it gives us a stronger market with people that are more qualified. And yes, it reduces the amount of money that maybe you could afford to pay for a house. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be in a better position and you're not going to have any, well, not any, but you're not going to have the power of sales or people walk away or be homeless because hopefully people have been pre-approved and, um, and they'll be able to afford their houses for many years to come. Comparably to, you mentioned Vancouver there. Do you think Toronto is sort of heading in that direction in terms of like Are they an indicator for us at all? No, I think that Vancouver, Toronto are very, very strong markets, both comparable. Um, I think, in fact, um, uh, you know, Vancouver is a bit more landlocked. And so um, and their vacancy rate is um, uh, is a little bit higher than ours. But um, we have a lot of people coming into the city. So um, there's no issues with Toronto. You, You said something earlier when we were chatting that we have one of the lowest vacancy rates. Was it in North America? No. Well, in Canada, I know for it's 1.1% right now is the vacancy rate. 1.1%. Right. 
what would be like a typical metropolis? Would you have any idea? I don't know of a typical metropolis. You no. just know we're the lowest in Canada. Well, we're well, we're on the lowest. Yeah, so it's a pretty mm. low vacancy rate. Yeah, that so, sounds. Like and that means that that people are good. actually physically living in the buildings. It's not that people have invested from right. offshore and that there's lights that don't go on and and nobody's home. These are actually vacancy rate because there's no nobody to tenant the, the particular property. Also, you. didn't you mention earlier as well that Toronto used to have the most amount of cranes in the city? Yes, yes. They had more cranes than New York and Chicago for a number of years. And, you know, people would always say, like, uh, we're building way too much, way too They'll many never condos. Fill these, yeah. They'll never fill these. And they and but they've managed correct. to keep that 1.1%. Right. So you're saying wow. no matter what they do, it might cause slow, like slow ups, small pauses, it, but it's all going up. Yeah. And it might be that, say, last year you were, if you were approved for a million dollar mortgage, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it would mean that this coming year it's 900000 So, yes, it definitely reduces the amount that you could afford but it also protects you. And that's why these rules are in place. They're, they're putting these rules out there for you. They're not, so just to preface it, these rules, um, these mortgage rules that have just come out that people are predicting will cause mortgages to slow down, you said is they've increased the amount by which you need to make in order to get approved for a certain amount of Co money. Correct. So it's not how much you're going to pay for your mortgage on a, on a monthly basis, because that mm -hmm. still remains the same the based same. on the low interest rates, even though they are slightly going up. Okay. But it's relatively the same. But you're going to be approved at a higher rate because there could be more increases in mortgages, and they want to make sure that you can afford them if the rates do go higher in five or seven years whenever you have to renew your mortgage. So th th that makes sense. There, these aren't. They're, you're not going to. You're not going to be paying more unless interest rates move. But that's not really in their control. Like the regulators aren't necessarily setting those directly to move up. Um, they're they're just saying we want to make sure you can pay more in the future if they do go up. So we put this buffer in there. But they also not only do that do they do that, but they also will reduce the amount that they're going to loan you, right? Right. Because if you can't be approved at 5%, then they're not going to loan you, even though you can right now afford at 3.5%. Uh, okay. So it definitely is going to reduce the amount that you can purchase at the moment, but it's, as I said, at the end of the day, it's going to protect you. Yeah, it's a safe move. They, they want to avoid what the states, what happened in the states. They Correct. don't want people to be homeless and, and lose everything just because they were a bit overzealous on their mortgage. Um, so that is, I, that is, I guess, the regulations that we were hearing about. And again, this is just like, super high level overview. Um, we don't want to dive too, too much in the details. If you're interested in buying, um, look these up, get the real estate agent, get, get the total picture. But or this is a general overview, uh, which brings us to our next question. Rent first buy. What do you suggest for your 20 year old that's coming back from school soon? Well, it, it depends, you know, like, I mean, if you can, um, if you are lucky enough to go home and be able to live rent free or pay a little bit of rent to your family, um, and, and squirrel his way as much as possible, it's a great investment for sure. But, um, you know, if you can't, then it's, it's also not a bad thing to rent. But I think that pooling people together to rent is a good way to do it because then you pay less as a group. So, you know, you, you have a roommate or you have a couple of roommates or you could even, you know, at the end of the day, depending on how much you saved, you could purchase a house and have, 
you know, your roommates help you assist you pay for your mortgage, right? right. So yeah. there's a lot of different options, but I think that if you can get into the real estate market, it's a great market to be in. Um, it's very stable. And, um, and as far as I'm concerned, there's only one way and it's up. More stable than putting into cryptocurrencies. All right, guys. So quit doing that. <laughs> Well. Figure it out. <laughs> just kidding. Weren't, I did it too. Weren't you just looking at yeah. that the other day? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I got a little obsessed with that stuff in the Christmas time, but that's another episode. Again, we have other experts coming down the pipe on on investments. Uh, so yeah, no, that, so you were saying pool renters together because um, yeah, if you're coming out of school and you have the luxury of moving back to a parent's house in Toronto, amazing. Save, uh, get a place. That's great. But again, not everyone knows that they want to live in Toronto. Not everyone knows their career path yet. And uh, it never hurts to save, ever. So like, it might still be a good practice to get into. But guys like Robbie and I, we're, we're in a different space. We, we graduated two or three years ago. And we do not, I personally do not know where my career is. And I'm thinking it's going to be a lot more mobile, at least in the, in the way I see my life. I see myself spending time in, in different cities. So I'm saving for travel. I'm saving for relocation, not necessarily a mortgage. And I want to move out because I'm getting on in my 20s, right? I'm, I'm mid-20s and I want to move out from my parents' house. And you said pooling together in a, in a house. What are these areas that you're talking about that we can maybe get a decent rate that's still central, still on a subway line? Well, like you and Robbie, I mean, it just depends on where you're going to end up, you know, for work, right? Mm-hmm. Which, um, you know, you're you're very transient in that you don't have to be in an office. You right. could really work out of anywhere. You could work on a beach if you wanted to, right? Because Correct. you have that option. Whereas some people who have to go to an office need to be closer to where their office is, right? So transportation is key and location is key. But for you guys, there's other options like I mean the annex is a great option um, to rent maybe a house but the other thing is you could look for work live options too so if you were to have your own business you know you could have the luxury of possibly some of your expenses writing them off against your rent right Right. so these are options that you that you and Robbie have more than probably other people but um, I would say you know the annex Ossington Liberty Village any of these great young places are great places for you guys to look and getting in a room in a house um with a few maybe two maybe three people is the best way to minimize that that damaging rent yeah. to your wallet uh and i wanted to know like what what does it cost like what would a two bedroom unit in a house or a three bedroom unit in a house run you in those areas just ballpark kind of yeah so it just depends as i said but you know say it's 1800 in the basement mm-hmm. and maybe it's about 2500 to 3000 on the main floor depending on how big it is and possibly 2000 on the second or third floors at some of these houses so and can you run through some of those rules and regulations that you were mentioning earlier about uh, basements how like uh, what they need down there in order to be considered livable and you're paying rent there and stuff that so just to clarify for anyone that does to make that move they they know they're not getting yeah it was like this was this was kind of on the real estate agent like topic 
when you're going for these places, you, as yeah. you said, you can find them on Kijiji and stuff. Um, and in our condo episode, we talked about real estate agents and what you should what you should do. And he ended up recommending going with agents, but he had some bad experiences. And he he told he he gave his kind of advice on what to look out for. But in talking to you, you have a very different picture. Um, and she knew she knows so much more about, like you said, regulations, stuff, safety, what you should pay, what to look out for, how not to get screwed. Yeah, without a doubt, there's so many benefits to going with a real estate agent because, um, I mean, like anything, they they know the business, they know what's going on and stuff, and they're gonna help you so much. He's got to find the right one, someone yeah. like Kathy, someone who actually cares, and uh, that's why I wanted to get you to kind of talk about those regulations and also just the real estate environment as a whole as you see it. Right. So, you know, I think it's important. I mean, yes, I am a real estate agent and yes, I advocate for what I do and I do it because I I feel strongly about it, but I also do it because um, not only do I like people, but I also want to protect my whoever my clients are. And so a real estate agent advocates for you and should advocate for you. And so example, Robbie, to answer your question, so when you go to a basement apartment, um, there are certain things you have to look for, like there has to be two exits um, legally. There has to be a certain height in your basement, say 6'4". There are fire-rated doors. There are smoke detectors. There's carbon monoxide detectors. There's all these things that you need to have legally to protect you as an individual. And so, you yes, you could go Kijiji. Yes, you could go all these places. But you might go in and you might say, be wowed by the fact that somebody has just renovated this phenomenal basement apartment and the price is so amazing. And it might not be safe, right? And that's really where I come in. So I take the emotion out of it because looking for homes is very emotional. And I take the emotion out of it and I sit you down and I let you know what's legal, what's not legal. And that's really important is to have an advocate on your side. So um, I think that it doesn't matter who you are. You need to get an expert and you need to make sure that that expert will advocate for you and you're comfortable with them. Absolutely. Because it, it could be so easy just to fall into a, to a contract and stuff. You know, if you're cruising through online and uh, looking at places and everything, it could be so easy to just kind of overlook uh, some of some of the stuff that the the owner has laid out and stuff. Like Especially for, when it comes to leases to and stuff as a like tenant that. And everything. Yeah. What's legal? Exactly. What's, what's legal for them to ask of you? What they Correct. should be providing? The language can be confusing for. Just it is. Any, any, and anybody. We've experienced that at school, even with trustworthy landlords. We had a couple situations where breaking our rights as tenants. Yeah. And uh, so. I would and luckily one of our friends who we were living with, his dad was a lawyer, um, specifically like a real estate lawyer, and uh, he looked through some of the stuff and helped us out where we needed it. But and if you find someone like Kathy who's been in every type of real estate, you you can't you can't, you don't miss anything. You know you know what it should be from whether you're buying a condo, renting a condo, buying an apartment, renting an apartment, buying a house, renting a house, whatever it is, you've seen it. Even office spaces, you've done everything. Right. So how how would that be a detriment to you to talk to someone like that? At the very least, they work for you. And I think um, in our last podcast, we might have put a little bit of skepticism out there. I think the skepticism is just finding that right real estate agent, not finding a real estate agent in general. Yeah. Um, um, was there anything else, Rob? I was going to, uh, yeah. 
is there any areas in particular that uh, that you've been sort of uh, wowed by recently that you think are sort of like on the up and coming? good spots for, 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 for buying a place or for renting a place in the city, like cool spots that, you know what, it really depends, but I got to tell you the closer to the city, obviously the more, um, the more options you have, right? I mean, the more options you have to transit, the more options you have to stores, the more options you have to offices. So walking, uh, the walking score is a huge, huge asset, right? Especially with parking to being so expensive and you know, that the subways are so crowded and all these great things in our city that are supposed to be working so well are a bit of a challenge at the moment. So I think the the, the more that you have uh, as your flexibility that you can walk to stores that you can have a park in your backyard and and in saying that really and truly there's no area of the city I mean of um, unless it's an unsafe area, which is there's very few of them in the city, but it, it, there's no area in the city that's right or wrong. It's really what suits you, right? I mean, Ossington might suit you, and it might not suit me. It's a fantastic area, right? But somebody might not crowd, like there. Yeah, but crowd. it's a fan, but it's a real up and coming area. Like, yes. and I love it, you yeah. know. And then you've got the beaches, which is very, it's it's a very different crowd there because it's it's more landlocked. Like once you get to the beaches in the, on the weekends, you never leave the beaches. Like it's such a great area. You've got the whole beach. You've got that whole vibe mm-hmm. down there. I haven't you been don't there have in a while, go, right? So that's what I'm saying. But when you go home there, it's like you don't leave because the beaches is such a fabulous area. There is, you know, there is uh, Little Italy. You know, there's there's so many great areas in the city of Toronto that really and truly we're so blessed and each one of them sort of has their hub right and it's yeah. it's just i love exploring the city and and i think that's another thing about a real estate agent too you know i'm uh, just exploring knowing areas you know um what are cool spots to be like and clients of reference like you yeah. you probably have clients like us and you've put them places and you get their feedback and then you know exactly you know what that worked for them because of this didn't work for them because of that and that's why Soon enough, uh, when when we're finding our places, it will be will definitely be uh, getting Kathy to help us. And I do want to reiterate that, Ka- like Kathy is here on her own time. She's not doing this as a uh, any promotion or anything with her business, and she's not tied to anything we say in any of these other episodes. But if you do want to get in touch with her for your real estate um, needs, just message us, and we'll connect you. Other than that. Um, do you have anything else? Do you have anything, like anything you want to say? Any piece of advice? I know, but I, I'm really honored that you guys have chosen me as your third podcast. And it's uh, exciting. And um, anything I could do to help you or your friends or any advice I'm happy to share, it's, you know, it's my pleasure. So anytime. It's amazing. Thank you our, so much. Our my in-house pleasure. real estate expert. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> on, the, on the squad, the Too Many Jam squad. Thank you so much. And yeah. see you later. Hope you guys enjoyed that section. It was really cool talking to Kathy. She is a real pro and it's going to serve as a great segue as we actually now talk to my sister and her fiance who have not taken that traditional advice. They've been renters. They've been a bit nomadic. So it's cool hearing the other side of the story in this next section. Yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with Kathy. Thanks again for uh, taking some time to uh, come on the show. She uh, she she really added to the conversation of what we were speaking about the other week with Cody and uh, this next interview that we're doing. Damo and Kirsty. Uh, it was a little more relaxed environment, so um, they, uh, they there's a couple stories in there, some uh, some some good content. A little so. bit of wine and cheese. Uh, it was casual, so there's a lot of content in there. Um, if you want to go in the show notes to navigate through it, 
uh, that's all cool. And also, just a little FYI, we were having mic issues with my sister during this interview, so we actually had to cut uh, some of her stories. <laughs> so it might be might be very Damien focused, but he's got a soothing Aussie voice, so it's not the end of the world there. All right, guys, let's get into it. Well, we've set the mood here pretty good, haven't we? We got we got candles, we got red wine, a little bit of uh, cheese crackers and veggies going here because we're at my sister and her fiance's place in Toronto and um, they're looking after us I guess and we've set the mood that's what renters do that's what renters do eh? (laughs) Um, yeah so they are they are both lifelong renters my sister is in her 20s and her fiance is in his 30s Um, and so he's got a little he's got a little bit of um Late thirties, and uh, <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of good experience renting, and uh, a, a lot of good experience reflecting on being in his twenties and and how it's kind of played out through his thirties. And my sister, um, being in her late twenties, is uh, benefiting from a lot of that experience as well. But she's been a renter for the last eight, or no, I guess he took a little while at home, but um, on and off for the last eight years or so, coming out of coming out of school. But yeah, I guess we'll introduce them. It's Kirsty and Damien, and we're in their place right now, and let's get into it. So we're hoping a little bit we can contrast, you know, with our with our last episode where we we had Cody come in and talk about condos, buying his condo and stuff. Uh, we're gonna try and get the other side of the story here. Kirsty and Damien have been living in this place now for just about a year, and uh, how's it been, guys? Um, uh, so far, so good, I suppose. So we're getting married this September. So I mean, it, you know, the the test worked. <laughs> we got engaged uh, in October. So this yeah. was a test. This was your first year living together, right? Yeah. The yeah. Step before the engagement and before the wedding. I got you. But you were Damien. You were renting in Toronto for how long before Kirsty ended up moving out from our family home in with you? Mm. Well, I mean, when I moved to Toronto in. 2010 obviously I like it I had no idea I was going to be here seven and a half years later and the anticipation was to be here for um you know a year or two max and then head home so I think that that for me is a you know a big reason for the constant renting is that you know I've grew up in a small town which I left you know in my late teens and I, I haven't been back there and for me that's kind of home so it's you know the last few years have been just kind of trying to find where I belong and I've found that for sure now so yeah I think the other thing though is as well like I'm in a different situation where I'm I'm a person coming from like a a small rural community like I grew up in a small beach town like 700 people and I moved to the city mm-hmm. you know and while I had relatives in Brisbane and I probably could have lived with them if you know, I wanted you know it was my time to be independent and you know that was different so but I know other people like you know in Toronto but also back home that live with their parents for years because they had that option. But right. I didn't, have that, there, I, yeah. I didn't have that option initially. My parents did move back um, to Brisbane, like where they were from originally, a year or so after I moved out, um, like after I finished high school. And then I went and lived with them actually for, you know, maybe another year or two. But then I, I think because I'd experienced at that age yes. as well, I'd, I'd already experienced living out of home, not as a student because I was like working actually at the time. Um that it was something that you now an opportunity came up it was affordable like you know it was 
it was fine. It was a great house, great location. So I decided to kind of take that opportunity. Um, but then from there, like at the same, like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. um, at that time there was a kind of a few ways to go, and I, I had a lot of mates who did an apprenticeship like me out of high school, um, and their objective was basically to you know make money, which you didn't make a lot as an apprentice, but make some money, and um, you know buy a house. Because you could do it, right? Yeah. At that age, even on an apprentice salary. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're living at home, for sure. I mean, if you're living at home, you can save. I mean, I save money, more money then than I probably do now. Right. <laughs> Just because, you know, lifestyles and stuff like that. But, I mean, I decided that my money was going to go to traveling. So, and that's a major life choice when we talked to Cody that he mentioned being the double, like the, the other sides of that coin. So, Damien's choice at this time was to either do what his friends were doing and save up for a house or save up to travel. You chose to travel and how many years, what was that kind of journey like? How often did you come back and you saved up to kind of move out? Take us through that. Um, so, I mean, I, like I saved up and I went traveling uh, Europe, like I had a, a work visa for the UK and I kind of went over with some, you know, I didn't know what to expect at all. Um, I think I only probably ended up living about maybe not even a year maybe not even eight months in the uk um and i really what i did at that stage i kind of worked and traveled around europe i was in europe for about two and a half years um traveling where possible but then you know as i kind of went through um my money that i'd saved all self saved by the way too no mum and dad um um, i basically was just traveled from place to place and got to the point where i just kind of like found a place i liked you know often seasonal kind of tourism destinations and work so i kind of i worked in greece i worked in islands i worked in man where did i end up from ireland what did you do uh, in these places uh france uh often washing dishes and bar work you know just serving bartending yeah and stuff. exactly yeah. so but i to be honest that my favorite house that i ever lived in wasn't even a house um i worked in a campground in Greece and um, it was like right on the Mediterranean like the main port town in this island of Paros you, you get the ferry in and then there's like you know hotels or you know guest houses or whatever and this was a little campground and basically at the front was a restaurant now the back was just like a, a fenced in um, you know dirt patch with some trees where people would camp put their tents and stuff like that yeah okay um, so actually I worked in the restaurant they're washing dishes for like a couple of months during the summer and um it was me and this one chilean guy who was like older than me actually at the time and became again a really great mate and we ended up making up a little house kind of thing uh he was a kind of bit of a hippie he just traveled overland from india to greece so through like pakistan and um iran place like that turkey he, he was actually like this is you know this, he was about to go into Afghanistan and decided not to at the last minute because no one was coming out and decided that was not the best <laughs> like, idea. Like he wanted to travel Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, or pass through it at least on the way through. I, I can't say that's really on many people's no. top well, destinations. Maybe it used to be. Probably not. Did, did no, it used to I, be I, more no, of a hot? not at all, not at all. Like, I mean, he just, like, he was a bit, he's a bit kind of out there and like yeah. wanted the adventure. Um, and so anyway, like there was these bamboo awnings and in Greece in the summertime, it doesn't rain. Like it's Mediterranean climate. Like basically I woke up one day on the beach, I think, and I saw a cloud and it freaked me out. Like 
really. It's kind of like reverse to what I have here when I mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night with the snow and the <laughs> cloud kind of like compressing me. He, t- he told me this funny thing the other day. He wakes up and has night terrors sometimes in the winter that he'll never get to go back to Australia where it's sunny and warm. That's, that's, that's very true. Like you wake up screaming. Ah, Almost. Looks outside, Almost. You, uh, you've got a couple stories about some night terrors, eh? Oh, I don't know. We're not getting... Like, th- like you always bring up like extremely personal stories that I don't know if I can share because they sewer other people but um, yeah so so it was super cool we like you know we had made up our own little hut kind of thing and it was like awesome like we basically had to walk two minutes to the dish sink kind of thing where we you know, had to work that day and super cool and actually I saved a ton of money because my accommodation was paid my food was paid and just had to work and wash dishes I worked like every day I think for like two and a half months no days off but it didn't matter because it was just a like the kind of environment no hassle with commuting and all of that kind of bs um and then yeah like on that trip as well like i lived in ireland in a four-bedroom apartment with like eight people which was kind of the tri- typical way you do when you're traveling and i think kirsty has got some stories about that when she was in australia traveling as well and it was just fun time so this is this is just a lifestyle thing like not everyone <clears throat> is planted enough to make that decision and uh, this is this would be the other side of the coin. You heard Cody say it. He's like the one thing about buying is that I don't get to travel like I see other people doing. He there's no that, right or wrong way, right? Yeah, he even made that comment that he tried to make it work last year. You know, crunching numbers and stuff, and it just didn't quite work. Maintaining, out. yeah, balance with his place and everything, and just didn't work out for him. Yeah, I mean, there's been moments definitely throughout my life where you kind of sit back and think, oh, did I make the the right decision? Was that the right point but i mean looking back i can't complain at all like i've I've traveled like the world like you know i've been i've traveled a lot look i'm a a foreigner living in a foreign country and um like i wouldn't have met kirstie i wouldn't be here you know and you just have to look at everything i suppose as an experience that's going to add to your overall kind of life experience you know what i mean so no regrets and um yeah i mean i think it, 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 like I think, like Trav just said, there's no right or wrong way. It's just a different way. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so going back to you were you were talking about the place that you rented in Brisbane. Yeah. You're paying seventy bucks a week for this place. Yeah. Is there? I mean, outside of the the price difference, obviously, is there any other noticeable difference or differences that you you've picked up on? You know, like living and renting like, in different places. Yeah, living and renting Australia compared to here, um, everywhere else. I mean, just in general, things got more expensive, right? So, I mean, when I yeah. got back from traveling the first time, like I was saying also earlier, like got back from traveling um, after being in Europe for two and a half years and like by the time I got back to Australia and I moved to Sydney, I was definitely priced out of the market. It had climbed, it yeah. had exploded. It had exploded, particularly Sydney. Um, it had like seriously exploded. Like prices in Sydney were like through the roof, you know, more expensive even than probably what you find in some places in Toronto. Right. Um, wow. Today, who doesn't know? want to live in paradise? And I, and I, then I think, then I think as well. But even when I moved to Toronto, then like I mean, five years ago, housing in Toronto was actually pretty affordable. Yeah. And it was at that time when I was like probably on the cusp of like not sure of you know what I was doing like just kind of before around the time when I first met Kirsty. Was I going to be staying? Was I going to be going? And then then you know then that was kind of I suppose another critical moment. And you know, obviously I missed the boat with the the market you know kind of probably getting a little bit out of my reach you know for a while there as well um but 
it's, that's the way it goes. I mean, like, I think the other thing that you have to take into consideration too, if Kirsty and I were to buy a house like tomorrow, we wouldn't be living where we are. In, in Toronto like and it's also isn't it just wedding or house right like kind of, right now. Kind of. Mm-hmm. like you can only put forth so much you can't do both right yeah. now but it, like in yeah until until this point I suppose it's been like for me in Toronto like if I'm going to live in Toronto as a foreigner like I want to be close to everything that the city has to offer and I'm not I'm not moving from Australia to Toronto to be living out of the city and I know a lot of people do that and they make that decision um, but that kind of suits their lifestyle and the, the place where they're at at that point in time. Like, I mean, until September, I used to like walk to work and right. it would take me like 20 minutes to walk to work. So that's pretty, pretty. Perfect. No, you, you guys have a great lifestyle right now. Absolutely. Great. Great lifestyle. And like, like that's what, that's the difference is you get, it's like leasing versus buying. You know what I mean? Every, everyone's telling you, oh, financing a car is better than leasing. Like you'll hear our parents or accountants. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'll never lease a car because it's not it doesn't make sense we're counting it doesn't make sense and then you see the family that leases a car have a new car every three years loving their life never having to worry about maintenance never having to worry about all the stuff we have to worry about and you're like is it is it better you know what i mean is it actually better to buy that fucking car when it when it's eight years old and it's an absolute money bucket it's, it's the and same thing. You're just not as committed too. to it. It's like you know, it's it's more of a temporary thing. You're more, you're more. Uh, you, you can you can change with it, right? If you guys wanted to switch jobs right now, if you guys wanted to spend six months in Australia, start a business, like stuff like that, you know, like th- this is a lot more open to you guys because that is just the type of life. I know you, Damien, are more looking outwards right now. Do you know what I mean? Like you're looking for different opportunities, and if you had that mortgage over your head. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's not as much of an option. The same with kids. Whereas you, Kirsty, you're kind of you're on a more you kind of have the same start as Damien, mm-hmm. um, but you're on a more uh, typical career path right now. What's been like your thoughts on like your path? Like, what's your story been till now? What have you been thinking throughout all your moving decisions? And like, what do you think for the future? Well, I think my renting started out in university, which was cramming 11 people, six guys that took two floors and five girls crammed into this tiny four-floor house. Into a house? It wasn't tiny. It was pretty tiny. It was... It was fine. We... Travis and I lived in a 10-person house at one point, and we thought that was... Yeah. Yeah, no, they... they, it, It was like... It was squished. It was squished, but... But they separated like the boys' compartments. They separate, yeah, they separated the boys, but it also, I mean, it felt like we lived with them. And, like, we were like a family, a big family of 11. And there were two dogs, and we all had cars. And so that was, like, my first renting experience of how much money our landlord was making off of us if we were each paying 560 bucks a month. That sounds hectic. His mortgage would have been paid off. Especially in Halifax. I ha- like, in the Halifax. house was a fraction of what yeah. Toronto prices are. Oh, yeah. And it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't the best how best long, standards were you in that for a year or i was in that for three years for three years you were yeah with, and then and wow. then believe it or not my group. friends moved into yes. it after for another yeah. three no years way. yeah <laughs> same so, setup same set same oh setup. no i think I, like i don't know who lived upstairs but uh they definitely filled the girls yeah. uh the six girls space yeah they filled our area um so that was really exciting and i got to obviously live with a ton of my friends and not have to worry a thing about it the landlord was there pretty much a little bit too often to check in on us and to make sure things were okay. 
Um, and then my next experience was in Australia, where again, our landlord, we crammed, not, not by choice, we were just poor travelers, and we actually crammed in almost 17 of us into three little units. And so like I Like three bedroom, single in, unit, or three units? No, three apartments, but each apartment only had max three bedrooms. Mine had one and a half, and I squeezed four in there. In so one and a half bedrooms. Lisa the Gulf, yeah, for six months. Yeah, I remember because I'd always hear stories oh from your travels. God. Like it just—it sounded like you were living in like refugee camps. We, it felt like <laughs> it, and a little bit like a brothel. And our um, yeah, what was happen, me? What happened when guys would come over and stuff? Like what well, that would, didn't happen. It just you didn't happen. To, yeah, you had to go elsewhere. You had to make do. So you not a brothel, find. more like a what's a, what's a nun's not, house? Yeah, a coven or something. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's still it's still Convent? it still went down in certain areas, but there was just in the closet. In the closet, you guys must have been saving a whole bunch of money, though. Oh no, our rent was no. um, per person three hundred twenty-five dollars a week, and this was six years ago. Three hundred twenty-five bucks a week for four people in a one and a half unit. That is. What city but was this crazy. in? This was in Bondi in Sydney, Australia. And we so had, paradise again. Yeah, we had a view of the beach. We were a five-minute walk to the beach. We were right by the best restaurants, bars, all of our jobs, and it was perfection. That's a sickening it, amount of money. Was it worth it? Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat again. I lived with cockroaches, and, I mean, we lived... We barely ate. <laughs> not, she, she's not talking about a roommate. She means, like, real yeah, cockroaches. No, cockroaches. <laughs> That's why people from New South Wales are called cockroaches, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from hipster bars, is that what you said? Hipster bars? No, no, no. In New South Wales, people are called cockroaches. Oh, That's I what we refer to them as. Didn't know that. Yeah. New South Wales. Swazi slang. There's plenty. I, yeah, if Don't you guys worry, haven't we're noticed the cane yet. Toads, so it's okay. He, the what? Cane toads. Cane toads. He is. If you guys haven't noticed yet, he is Australian. He just got a really timid, mumbly, mm -hmm. Britishy Australian accent. He's. He tries to fight his his uh, his. Outback roots. He really doesn't want anyone to know he's from a small town. He he speaks very regal Australian, the big city Australian. <laughs> I don't know about that, but well, how do your how, do your how do your mates from um, to, to Bundaberg talk to a Canadian ear? Maybe how, how do your mates from Bundaberg talk? Oh yeah, mate. <laughs> Hopped on the dirt bike, fucking ripped her ride right in the town. Two stroke, just banged her ride right in there, mate. Fucking ripped her ride right in. Wheelies the whole way, mate. Possibly. <laughs> That's, those are your teachers, actually. <laughs> the English teacher. The English teacher. <laughs> yeah. You get your I before E except after C, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you got any plans to go back there? Is um, or is or the night terror is real? Yeah. Well, we were, I mean, we were going to go this winter, but obviously with the wedding and everything happening, it's like it's it's we have other priorities. So... Hopefully, like at the end of the year, um, because you know some of my family and things like that aren't going to be able to make it over, mm -hmm. including my grandma. Yeah, um, no. So we're going to go home um, and have a little party back there for sure. Mm -hmm. So, what's what then is is the horizon looking like? Like, at what point? Like, what is the reflection on all this? Like, what, like, what are your thoughts about your choices so far? What do you think about the future? I mean, like I said before, like there's been moments where you kind of think oh I could have maybe that was the time but I mean that wasn't the case definitely I mean you know I'm I'm in a position for sure in my life where I'm like I'm feeling very content and settled I think the one thing that is definitely a given is that we need to get a dog 
at some stage. That's kind of like a criteria for Kirsty. That's like another lot of money. Yeah, but mm-hmm. true, and also it's space, you space. know. So yeah. whilst our house is you know cozy and, and cool, it is tiny, and and you know I'd love to have our own place for sure, something that we can make a home. So you know when we then we can build a family around, including a puppy dog. Um, I'd be down with that, you know, because of our recent. Yeah. We've lost our family dog, the lovely, the wonderful princess, Princess Angel Kelsey. I know. And there's a hole in my heart that needs to be filled. Yeah. Same. So you know, I think that definitely, uh, in the you know, hopefully in the not too distant future, we're in a position where we can be getting into the market. Um, it just, like I said, it, it kind of all depends on you know. We still want to maintain, I suppose, a certain lifestyle where we're not having to commute miles. Yeah. No from like out out of town um yeah i've got friends who do that and you know, the, the sacrifices and rewards um but for me personally and Kirsty, i know as well it's not probably yeah. what we would choose so it's just trying to you know i suppose find the right place and the right time yeah. in a year that's already pretty hectic to kind of start looking for you know for a place so you know stay tuned maybe in the next uh season of you know too many jams we might be homeowners so you guys <laughs> are able to save still maintaining this nice lifestyle living in a an affordable but nice part of central part of toronto are you guys still able to save and put money aside for these other things yeah definitely and i think it's gotten a bit easier like i um i mean i think that there were there were some sacrifices that i had to make like with my job like i had an amazing job um you know and i i i did some amazing things i think in the past you know five four five years in particular but i have to be honest they they didn't reward me for it financially <laughs> um but now i'm i'm kind of in a spot where definitely i you know i'm i'm very much in a position where i can start really kind of focusing on on you know saving and and Kirsty is as well she's mm-hmm. kind of in, in a position where she's about to start a new job so i mean financially we, we are in a good spot we do have to make some lifestyle changes for sure because I think we're both used to just... Your Amazon Prime subscriptions might need to be cut. Yeah, I, yeah. Mine, mine doesn't Carl, even exist. Carl I always just order over the amount so I get The amount of packages that it's come the to best. their house, they're, they're so tight with the mailman that he, he looks forward to coming over and chatting with her. He, he, he knows uh, to <laughs> he come to the back notes. door, leaves her, leaves her notes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big... big it's so easy. Shopper. It's it so is. easy. Rob, well, Rob's actually, I, I've too. got to say, not just online because she was working at in retail until like well tomorrow. So yeah, exactly. I think uh, you know she she had access. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, but this this year is all about saving and next step. Oh yeah, the wedding. I got gotcha. you. We'll see. <laughs> you know what? It, you know what this feels like. This feels like the lease versus buy car scenario right now. You guys are having a blast. You're sipping wines. Um, and like you know, like living a good lifestyle, mm-hmm. and you you got to travel and all that stuff. When and like it's okay. Cody's definitely having fun in the city, absolutely. But he was like, I have three hundred and seventy thousand dollars of debt on my TD Bank account that I look at every day. He's like, yeah. every day is important to me, and I guarantee you, Cody will get to do what you guys did. Um, later in life when it comes to travel because once you own a place mm-hmm. he'll he'll have a lot more financial flexibility and not, not paying rent and all that but it's it's the same stuff just at different times mm. do you know what i mean 100 percent. and that's like i mean i look at my um my parents like they had kids pretty young like my sister and i and um so yeah they had to grow up quick and 
make big decisions like you know they had to have pretty well they had to have stable jobs and you know buy a house and look after us um but then i suppose the advantage to that was that their kids were pretty independent like when they were still pretty young so they like that they're traveling more now um yeah than i probably ever did and but it's <laughs> it's funny that the shoes kind of on the other foot because like my parents were here last last winter and then after they were in toronto they went down to columbia and it's so funny when you know you put things into perspective and you're asking your parents to like text you as soon as they get to a, mm-hmm. a destination to let to let me know that they're safe and sound so definitely kind of shoes on the other foot now um, well also thanks to australia's ridiculous time off yeah if you could just in 30 seconds tell canadians how good australians have it your parents just had a what was it like six month paid vacation yeah, pretty much. But it's how yeah. does that happen? So I mean, four weeks holiday mandatory. Four yeah. weeks every year. What's every year. what's it here? It's two, two weeks. Two weeks mandatory. Two weeks. And then after, if you work in a job for basically five years, you get an additional six weeks paid leave. Wow. Or can't you turn it into twelve weeks half pay? So I mean, the 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 way it used to work was like it's about it was a you know trying to keep people in in jobs right so loyalty. Um, so it used to be after 10 years you could take 12 weeks paid in addition to your four weeks and your four weeks you get paid an additional 17 and a half percent in labor loading they call it so australians just Holiday really weren't liking to work so the government had to like incentivize 12 that. 12 sure. weeks every year or how no is no that? 12 weeks every 10 years but you could take a pro rata now after five years so you can take six weeks after four oh, you can take a pro okay. rata okay okay but then four, you get four weeks mandatory. What do you get in Canada if you work for five years? Probably like uh, maybe a, a cake. Maybe a cake. <laughs> That'd be nice. Maybe if they're feeling, they might get, they might bring out a bottle of prosecco. Yo. Ooh. Pop the top. I know. I'd rather have a bottle of prosecco no. than twelve weeks paid vacation. <laughs> you just get like a pin and then call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's all fun. Well, that's cool though. I think uh, I think we've been around the horn. A little bit on these topics. No, we're no funny stories or anything like uh, that we can get into from your. Tra- anything that comes to mind of being a renter? I'm sure you got a I'm bunch. I'm sure of you good guys stories. both got some stuff. Something that you can share on the air that won't get back to your bosses. We can filter out too. If yeah, we or need it's to. just whatever, and we'll, we'll edit it out. I, okay, two. Okay, wow. I got I got two stories I want to hear from you. One, I remember one time you casually dropped that uh, Steve Aoki would hit you guys up for pre-drinks for his show. Yes. <laughs> when he came out to Halifax? Yeah. yeah. We no just way. We just talked about Steve Aoki. We did a podcast recording today with our friend Ben for a different episode, and we were talking about Steve Aoki, and it reminded me to ask you about this. Yeah. He used to, he used to be friends with one of um, our friends that was in like the industry, the nightclub industry or whatever, mm-hmm. and he would always, like it was so random, we were all getting ready, would go to Steve Aoki, obviously all the big DJs out in Halifax, and there he was just at the pre-drink popping bottles popping bottles at your house he was at our our house once but then he was at a couple of our other friends houses but he would just be at the pre-drink like there's steve aoki so you met a few times yeah and he would pop bottles and dj the pre but not talk to anyone not really no and didn't didn't wouldn't didn't and he, his just man- da- he would weirdly dance weirdly dance <laughs> didn't his manager go up to some of your friends and be like yeah, yeah. Uh, steve would like to hook up with you or something like that. Yeah, to, to Steve one, to one, of, my, one to of my friends in. that was a bombshell blondie, he had his eye on her. She said no. She said no to Mr. Aoki. Yeah, she said no to Mr. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, 
Guess why not? And wasn't that, feeling the moves. Wasn't feeling the moves. Get on here. Um, but this sleep watcher was a terrifying story. Oh yeah, and he's he's apparently still around, and that was that went on <laughs> for my entire entire three years. And at one point, at two points, he was actually in your house, in, or outside of our house watching. Didn't he, he get him. in and, and you guys cut caught him your... sleep watching? No, um, one of my my friend that lived in my basement caught him one night sleep watching. What he would do is stare in through the windows at girls sleeping. And at some points, he actually did go into people's homes. He didn't go into my home. He went into a home a couple of houses down after a girl's uh, boyfriend who was a fisherman left early in the morning. He must have been outside, and then he crept in right after he le- after the boyfriend left. So sleep watchers don't actually... Like I think there's like, different like degrees. attack you or anything, They're, but like no. so by sleep watching, he actually just watched. Yeah, but, but he, he got, got into some girls' got, rooms. Yeah, he got into a level where he got into some girls' rooms, and then other things. Like happened. would he film? Would he? Did he just like cut their yeah, underwear? He, he cut off their underwear. <laughs> He'd like leave leave his mark. Yeah, we you were know, dealing with the a old real underwear cutter. You know, you, know, you, know, you know, like Home Alone. Or like the wet bandits. The wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the Is underwear she cutter. She's seen it a hundred yeah. times. Oh, of course. So she would go to the cops, and she, they would have the license plate of the street watcher. Like, didn't didn't your roommates upstairs get out and? St- this was a separate thing. Oh wait, what yeah. was that guy? This was a guy that followed me. Oh, just somebody who yeah. followed you home. Yeah, yeah. And Halifax, uh, I guess, is full of yeah, creeps. Yeah, it was, it was full of creeps. Everywhere is Trav. It's a I generalization. You can't just say they're all in one. Place. Australia is filled with creeps. Yeah, what are they? <laughs> uh, you just reminded me of. I don't think you were living in the house at this point, but um, one year I I hired this cleaning lady to come do a. Or no, I think you were there that day. Actually, you guys were snowboarding in the back. I don't. Um, Sounds like something I'd be doing. You, you might remember this, but anyways, I hired this cleaning. Have lady. you seen the video? Yeah. Oh my god. Do you want to see the video, Damien? Is asking. <laughs> This uh, I hired this cleaning service to, to come to the house, and uh, it was gonna be like a two day project. So, <laughs> so the the one lady, I guess she was she was pretty new, like her business was pretty new, and uh, she comes the one day and she brings her her neighbor with her. <laughs> remember this? Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah, she brings her neighbor with her, who is sort of this crazy old lady, and um. <laughs> She, <laughs> this woman's just kind of uh, bossing her around the whole day, like telling her what to do and stuff. And both of them are are coming up to me. Like I was just sort of hanging at the house that day. Both of them are coming up to me like periodically throughout the day being like uh, bitching about the other one. So, and, <laughs> and um, so the, so the day ends and they come back the second day. Same things going on. Like, they're beaking each other. I'm, like, dealing with, with the problem. I'm, like, sort of like a therapist. Like, they're, they're, telling, they're telling me all these issues and stuff. I'm, like, I don't give a fuck. Just clean the house. Like, like, I don't You're care. on the clock. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? So, uh, and eventually, at one point, the, the old lady just gives up. And uh, she's, like, she's, like, I'm not doing any more. Like, um, this was on the second day. And I had to go to class at this point. So, I'm, like, okay. Uh, so, she gets my phone to call her husband to uh, try and get him to come pick her up. And I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. You guys just deal with this, whatever. So I leave the house. And I guess immediately after, the old lady just like started pounding on this other woman. They like, fought in her they house. They got an actual fight. She just like started beating her up in the house. No. Like like cops came. No. Yeah. So uh, I had left and Trav 
I, th- I think you were coming to the house. You're arriving at the house at this point. I arrived to a, a battery scene. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. He shows up at the house and uh, I, like, like what, what is going on yeah, here what like, was I thought like? Rob got some like cleaners I was like, <laughs> like what the fuck and uh, and then once I finally get back I, I can't remember if the one woman was still there or not and stuff but uh, or no she was actually because I saw her and she had like um, she, she had a whole bunch of battle wounds <laughs> like she was oh she was all beat up and stuff and she was complaining to me and everything and she's asking about the cameras in the house like whether they catch anything so she files a police report and i ended up having the, the cops came knocking at my door like the next couple oh days i had to give like a statement of what happened no, but no one everything. saw it right no one right. saw it yeah and the cameras weren't hooked up to anything as we learned the multiple times we were robbed the only thing the cameras are good for were our landlord's Calling us, us, spying on us, and calling. I know. Listen, we had we had so many. Yes, we had so many rights as tenants uh, taken away when we were in the frat house because they felt like they were just like supreme rulers over us or something that we didn't have any tenant rights. So yes, there was cameras in the common areas of the house, which was fine because they're like, listen, this is for security. We're not just like watching these cameras. Yeah, but Rogers is like, we're gonna put in top of the line cameras for you. You know, we can see them, but, you know, the house gets broken into all the time. So uh, this is security purposes only. And the only thing that ever came from them is they'd be like, we know you're having a party. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, or we, saw, like, we saw move back the couches. Move the couches like, back. Like the furniture's yeah. off and stuff. And then the two times we got robbed, they're like, the cameras weren't running. Oh, my God. It's like a known spot for all the homeless people in We had a homeless guy living in our house one come, summer. To come rob this place. Like, in the off... In the off uh, times of the of the year when students are in, like Christmas and the yeah. summertime, everything the house gets hit, hit nonstop, nonstop. Really? Like TVs, like Speakers. last last summer, they actually oh broke gosh. into every single room. Like after the guys had moved all their stuff in, they broke into every single room and were packing up everything. They took like clothes, like anything they could get from this place. They were just taking it out. One, my oh buddy my had it. So um, someone came over to the house to study because there's a library. Someone that was in summer school there. And there was a homeless guy living in his room. <laughs> well, he's not homeless, then, is he? No, he had a great home. So the frat house was just... The frat house was the pinnacle of fucked living situations, for sure. <laughs> but I think, like, I mean, I think that you guys just touched on a few things there. But, I mean, ultimately, when you're a renter, so much actually depends on your landlord. Because yeah. if, you have a, if you have a good landlord, like, I mean, my last house, the condo... My landlord was a, like a legend. He was like such a legend. Ledge. And he's a realtor as well. Like, I mean, he was just a really good, like, nice guy. Nice guy. Um, and like, it made such a difference. Like, as a renter, you also want a, a landlord that, you know, kind of is proactive. And mm-hmm. if, you know, some something's wrong, or you know, they'll come and fix it. I mean, like Kirsty mentioned, we had some fire alarm issues in the, oh my gosh. In the summertime where... For maybe like two months, like at least twice a week, we'd be woken up at like three o'clock in the morning to this obnoxious fire so alarm. Loud. Like, so loud. Everyone else in the building. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's, it's all it's, it's all centralized. Triggers, yeah. So it's like, yeah. No one, it, was, no one was like token up in their unit. No, no, no. I would send like aggressive emails every morning. <laughs> every morning I'd wake up like, every okay, that's it. Oh, actually, not even like at four o'clock when the alarm went off, I'd be like, that's it. 
blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you need to come and fix it. And then, of course, they'd come and check it out and they wouldn't send a professional. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we found the one. We found the faulty one. Sure enough, that night. Oh. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, you guys were terrorized by this. I, I, I was actually terrorized. I thought your like, landlord here was good. No, he's good. But I mean, like, and they were proactive. Like, every day they'd come to try and fix it. They just couldn't find they, the solution. They just try and fix it themselves. Yeah. They, they weren't, like, that's the one, I think that's the one problem like it's a father and son that kind of you know own the property and they're great but i think often they the, the you know the father is like a really handy guy who you know built this house pretty much mm-hmm. um and, and they rely on the they will yeah. rely on him to kind of fix everything every now and then like you know you, we're paying rent you want the problem like solved now kind of thing so i do have a question then relating to landlords I have two questions now about renting that I forgot to ask you. One was how you found your places each time. You touched on one of them and like, you know, what the process was there. But also, did you meet the landlords? Like, do you meet the landlords before you rent a place? Usually. Do you guys have a realtor? Like, well, what? it depends. It, it, like, yeah, it depends. Um, like, obviously, when I found the place of Craigslist, like, I was subletting, right? So, my landlord was my roommate. Um, the second place, when I moved into the condo, I actually found it through like a like I think view it or something like that like through a platform so no, realtor. no it was through a realtor not not through the landlord um, and I didn't meet my landlord until after actually okay. um, in that situation and then when we moved in here it was through view it as well but it was mm-hmm. um, but we saw directly through the landlord like a website that lists rentals yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah but we also we also did see like we worked with a realtor who was a friend of mine from work and he showed us about what three four places and then we just decided to this was a little bit easier doing the Buitts and then we met with the landlord and immediately we we wanted it and signed for him okay so the landlord met you instead of a realtor yeah I mean we set up a time with him like through that ad like I called and it was like went straight through or emailed actually and it went directly to the landlord to set up a viewing time to come and check it out so and then you got to do like a credit check Give first last month's rent. Well, I, 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 I remember that. I've been through that. Because I, like you, Damien, I have already lived away from home. I've been a renter, not in school, um, for a year uh, in London. And my, um, my, my landlord, I had, a, I had a pretty brutal... I have some funny stories from that place, actually. Do you guys remember, like, the flies and the animals oh, in yeah, the wall yeah. and the smell That'd and all that? Fucked. So I was working in London. I just graduated... Um, I I started a business with some friends and we were going through uh, an accelerator in London. So this is in the summer times. We applied as a business and it was like a four-month program in the summer where they your business gets put through this program. They give you money and all that. Um, and I ended up living with my business partner and his girlfriend and subleasing a house. And it was all gravy until me and my partner butted heads. And um, so we ended up having to go separate ways and I had no, like, I had no roommate. So I needed to find either a solo place or move back into a university house at like 23 or 24 with all like my concussion issues doing a sober year, move back into a house with like animals basically, right? Um, so I'm panicking to find a house. I, I drive around London. I go to every single apartment building and I call the number on it and I try to find a place, right? Are you, are you pouring more wine? 
So I call I call every apartment building. I end up calling a lot of retirement buildings by mistake. Just be like, hey, what's the price of a unit? They're like, are you looking for you? Or, <laughs> And then they'd be like, by the way, this is a retirement home. And I'm like, is there any chance I could get in there? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've retired from university. I, I would have actually lived in a retirement home. That's how desperate I was. Um, so I finally, it's the end of a day and I'm panicking because I got to move out very soon. I've called every place in London and nothing is affordable. Um, and I, I, I go in on Kijiji and the last place I call, this is at the end of the day, the last place I call, some guy picks up, he's, he's a British guy and he goes, he's right up the block for me because I was living really close to him and I'm like, hey, like your unit's available and I was asking the same thing for everyone. I was like, I, I need an eight month lease, you know, I, I'm willing to pay a bit more mortgage or a bit more rent, you know, what, what's up? And he's like, how far are you? I'm like, up the street. He's like, you'd be here in five. And he said that he could tell by the vibrations of my voice on the phone that I was the right tenant and stuff like that. And it was this total like loopy doopy experience. But I was so into it because I was like sober and like really spiritual at the time. And we, and we like really hit it off on health. Sounds a lot like someone we know. Uh, yeah. okay. Again, you keep bringing up these stories. We're going to have to bring up another time. Um, but the, so, so right on the spot, he's like, I'm not going to charge you more for an eight month lease. He's like, I want you in that space. You're going to benefit from it. It's a really beautiful home. It's a really beautiful space. You're going to love it. And I was like, how can I refuse? It was like 775 bucks for a solo top floor apartment in a beautiful home. I was all about it. And uh, I move in there. Things are going great. Things are going great. Loving it. On my own, taking care of myself. This is months into it. All of a sudden, there's a smell. There's a smell. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. It kind of stinks. And people start noticing when they come over. And I'm like, you know what? It's not me. Like, I, I, I had to clean the whole place to make sure it wasn't me. And someone someone makes a comment that smells like a dead animal. We had a dead animal at my office, a dead raccoon, and that's what it smells like. And I was like, I was like, oh, there's no way. Um, and I, I go into it and I start looking into it more, and I think it's coming out of the pipes, because it's coming out of like this bathroom area, and it's coming out through the 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 bathtub and like the, the sink, the sink yeah. area. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's the pipes. And I call my landlord, and he goes, Yep, it's the pipes. He goes, we had a, we had a tenant before, uh, and he yeah we cleared up we put some stuff down the pipes and it was all good, and I was like oh thanks buddy like great, I I was running water in the pipes putting chemicals all sorts of chemicals down it for weeks and it stunk like shit still, and um, one day I hear it, there's movement, in the wall, and uh, and it's right around the area where the stench is coming from, and I realize it it's a fucking squirrel, in my wall living in the area where the pipes are and I guess one of them had died in there. They're in the walls and I call my landlord. I'm like, you son of a bitch. I was like, you know there were squirrels in my fucking wall and he's like, oh yeah, but they're in there all the time, man. He's like, that, that's fine. It's You're in a rooftop apartment. They're in and out of the walls, man. I'm like, what the fuck? You could have had a guy in here take that dead body out and, and now what am I going to do? And he's like, well, is the smell gone? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're good, man. So I'm like, okay, no worries. Guess what starts coming out of the wall? Fucking the fattest flies I have ever seen. These are like bumblebee-sized flies, and I have no idea how they're getting into my apartment, but they're coming from the carcass. Bumblebee-sized black flies in my apartment. This is hell. Imagine a plague. Imagine Mm. a plague. And what I had to do, this is how I woke up every morning. Shut off all the lights, close the blinds, turn on the light in the bathroom drum up all the flies in my apartment they fly to the light 
They get in my bathroom. I shut the door. I'm in the bathroom with 15 flies. I have a paper towel roll, and I massacre every day. <laughs> I beat the fuck out of these flies every day. Did that every morning. Every morning. You'd whack them out of the air baseball style. I'd collect them, and I'd flush them. And I had to do that for a week straight, morning and night. Until they left until, or until he got someone to deal with it? No, until there was no more flies coming out of this carcass. I disinfected my whole apartment, and I was like, good. I'm done. I'm done with it. But there was there was a good month there where I couldn't have girls over. I couldn't have friends over. I was battling. I'd show up every day at work like, hey, guys, what's going on with my coffee shop or at the accelerator, at the incubator? And little to know, I'd go home, and I'd murder hundreds of these fat fucking flies every day. Well, we had issues with animals in the walls as well when we were living at the frat house. They, they'd get in there, and uh, we had to actually get the exterminator to come in. and. There's a solution for it. Yeah. Guess I lived it. I smelled it. Uh, it, was, it was actually nightmare. It was nightmare. It was, it was like I was in hell. So be careful where you rent. Be careful about landlords that are spiritual and talk about vibrations. And uh, Yeah, you should be getting an apartment on an application, not on a, your, your vibe. <laughs> I, knew, I knew by the vibrations in your voice. He was actually a really rad guy, I, but he did... That was... Whatever. He, he only like, you're a young guy. He's probably looked at you as like, you're just going to trash this joint anyways. You know what no, I mean? he, he had a very strict, no students, only young, only professionals. Um, it, was a, it was a great unit. That's great, guys. I think, honestly, I think we, we talked about a lot. Well, you got two hours and there. eight minutes no, and 34 seconds. No, that's an hour seconds. and eight minutes. Eight. And, we'll, and to be honest, we'll probably edit that down. Okay. But uh, thanks so much for doing this, guys. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate yeah, it. I'm, I'm sure we'll have them on many different episodes um, just because they're Kurt, my sister is three years ahead of me, and uh, her fiance is a, a bit further down the line. But but similar people and, and a lot of experience. Like they they've been through it just three years and a little bit beyond that for Damien as well. Um, so they can look back and like really he's old. That's what I'm getting. I'm trying to not say it. He's old, um, but he's he's he doesn't look it. In fact, he's the youngest looking thirty year old I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and and um, he, uh, in fact, we thought he was in his twenties for a while when he first started uh, dating my sister. But um, <laughs> young at heart. But yeah, so he he's able to reflect on a lot of topics. So we'll talk to them a lot. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Basically, just don't do what I did. When you're in your twenties, guys, and you'll be and you'll be fine. No regrets, ever. All right, guys, thank you. All right, thanks, guys, for having us. Appreciate it. Woo! All right, guys, hope you enjoyed both those interviews today. Again, we are on Facebook at Too Many Jams. You can listen to us on SoundCloud as well. And uh, just recently, we got onto Google Play. So if you're an Android user, you can check us out on there. Android. Loser. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, they're a great. They're a great device. Um, I forget. What <laughs> um, all right. So that that pretty much wraps it up for like the living section. We might touch on it later, but I think for next episode we're gonna start to talk to people doing cool things, see what their jam's all about, and we're gonna focus a little bit more on getting fun casual side episodes out that are just gonna be more funny. Uh, but hope you enjoyed it again. You know, let us know your feedback. Uh, it's been great so far, so we'll see you next Tuesday.